Welcome to Beyond the Pulpit Podcast. I'm Brandon Dirks. I'm working adult discipleship, especially in small groups here at Christ Church. And I'm sitting here with my colleagues, uh, my amazing colleagues, Jenny Weeks and Leanne Hadley. And we're here uh, because we're really excited about the 2020 theme at Christ Church. And, um, and I wanted Jenny to tell a little bit how all this got, kind of got started. Well, late last year, Brandon and I began to talk about whether we could establish a theme for the new year. For 2020, we had a lot of ideas about how we could play on the word of 2020 vision and seeing clearly. And so we began to talk about it and trying to look at different um, options. And so one day Brandon came in and he had been looking at John chapter 1, verses 35 through 39. So let me read that. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translates teacher, Where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, the big thing about that scripture that enamored me late last year was really the question that Jesus asked, um, what are you looking for? Um, I think that's a question uh, I have asked myself and my faith for uh, quite some time, and I think it might be a question that a lot of people might be looking for in their own faith, but also in their own lives. Uh, we may be asking questions that are, you know, superficial. What are you looking for? I'm looking for, um, I'm looking for something to do this weekend, or I'm looking for um, security, or I'm looking for acceptance, or position, or influence, or I'm just looking for somebody just to love and to accept me. And so when Jesus asked that question, he puts it back, he put it back on me, really. And um, and when the disciples uh, answered him, and they answered him kind of funnily, he just kind of said, the disciples of John just kind of said, you know, uh, uh, where are you staying? And Jesus had a, an amazing answer to that when he said, come and see. And so he didn't quite answer the question directly, but he kind of answered the question in such a way that he invited them to find the answers for themselves. And that really fascinates me that uh, that there's this journey together with Jesus that we do to help us find the answers or to the questions that, you know, that tend to sit with us. Um, So that kind of evolved, I think, into uh, into a theme that we're calling now come and see because Jesus issued that great invitation for come and see. And uh, and I wanted this to. unpack that a little bit with with you guys today so when you hear uh this scripture when you hear this theme you know what what is it that really has attracted you to this theme well when um this is leanne and when brandon and um, jenny brought this to the staff i got super excited because um i think that there's lots of us in the church and i hear this from lots of people from people who've just started coming to church, people who've come here their whole life, people who grew up in another church, another tradition. And, you know, we go to church, we worship, we pray together, we do these Bible studies. And people say, but I I don't know if I'm growing closer to Christ. I, I still don't know how to pray. I don't know how to read the Bible and decide what it means for myself. And I think that in some ways, 
you know, we've made this super hard. I don't think God wrote the Bible and then made it some mystery, some Rubik's Cube that we have to unpack. But but it does take intentionality. And so what I loved about this, and I think what the staff loved, is this is, if you look at this passage and the way it's broken down, um, it really does move from somebody saying, who is Jesus, to what am I looking for, and how does my life and what Jesus has to say make any difference. So it it stops us from being like, oh, I go to church and I do church and then I go do my other life. It says you are with Christ at church, in your home, in your job. And I'm just not sure that we're aware of that. So when you all brought this to the staff, I got super excited thinking this is a systematic way that as a congregation, we can all move closer to Christ. It's not one size fits all because you got to do your thinking and we are asking you to do the prayers and we're asking you to really intentionally seek Christ. And then, you know, we'll find Christ and it will make a difference. And what I'm excited about is when this is all over, hearing stories from people who say, I really did. I've experienced it all in a new way. I am confident praying. I do know what to do now. And, uh, and I just want to stay on this journey on this road. So that's what excited me the most is I like that. It's a systematic approach. It'll take a year. Um, not because, because it's something needs to take a year, but because it takes commitment and it takes effort to move closer to Jesus. And I think we're inviting the congregation to do it, but it's, but it's not hard work. It's just intentional work. The other thing that's uh, very exciting to me is that sometimes as a, as a church, we try to come up with the next great thing. We want to do the best study that's out there. We want to do um, something that everybody's doing the same thing at the same time. And while that can be very helpful at times, um, having a theme that just enters into everything we do without it being a program or a particular study, because this can be applied to anything that we're discussing as a group. It can be done in Sunday school classes. It can be done in small groups. It can be done in families at the dinner table of really beginning to talk about the real things in our life. You know, what are we looking for? Um, who is Jesus? Um, what does knowing Jesus really mean in my life? What difference does it make when I'm dealing with all the things that go on in life that are so difficult? Does it really make a difference that I have Christ in my life? And so we hope it goes beyond just inviting people to come to something, um, even though we're using that theme to say, come and see, because we want you to come and see at Christ Church. But we want you to come and see so that um, you're coming to see Jesus in your heart. It's not just about being in a place. But it's uh, finding a way to incorporate, inc- really incorporate that into every moment of your life. The uh, so we're really not just talking about a theme here. We're really talking about an attitude or a culture, um, or or a, an approach. I guess it's more than a just a theme of what we hang all our programs on. It's more of a. Uh, it feels like to me more of an atmosphere. An atmosphere of invitation, an atmosphere of challenge, an atmosphere of going deeper. Uh, for those of us who are uh, on this journey of faith, you know, we need those challenges, it feels like, to 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 go a little bit deeper. Um, we see in the scripture, or I see in the scripture, four kind of main parts. And uh, and some, one of the things that, as we've been looking at it, really has been fascinating to me is is the first part where it talks about um, John. John is with his disciples, um, 
the and the, this is John the Baptist. He's with his disciples, and uh, this is early on in Jesus's ministry. Nobody really knows Jesus quite yet, and Jesus comes walking by, and John goes, "Look, there's the Lamb of God," and John's disciples. Um, turn and they begin to follow Jesus. And what's powerful to me about that is uh, John was fine with his disciples leaving uh, him and following Jesus. And it makes me start thinking about all the things that uh, we hang on to in our life because it's comfortable, because it's known. And this John was such a great leader in the sense that he really challenged his own disciples to step away from what was normal and what was common and challenged them to kind of step out on faith a little bit to follow this guy, uh, Jesus. So in a way, uh, this call to come and see is the beginning point for a new life in the disciple. Um, so I love I love that idea because here in the church, we kind of get locked into to our thing. And I, I hope that we can take this come and see theme and really encourage people, you know, just let's try something new, step out, try the, try a new prayer practice, try a new class, try a new way of, of study, try a new way of worshiping. Um, and I believe Jesus meets us in those moments. So that first part, look, here is the lamb of God is more than just who is Jesus to me. It's, it's going deeper uh, with uh, Jesus's personality and our relationship with Jesus. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're talking about a relationship that's ongoing. I think sometimes we think, well, I already did Disciple 1, and so now I understand the Bible, and I've already done this program, so I understand that. And it's really saying, your life is a journey with Christ. And I love that these disciples are able to leave John. I mean, they're so comfortable with John. They like his message. They've been following John. He probably baptized them. And now they're saying, what? There's more beyond John. And I think if we could all just ask ourselves, this is what I think I already know. What? There's more beyond that. That's when your spiritual life really starts getting rich and full is when you're willing to kind of stretch outside of your comfort zone. Um, So that's what we're hoping to do. Which leads us to the second part of the passage, which is um, sort of our Lenten theme, um, which is when the two disciples heard Jesus say this, they followed, or John say this, they followed Jesus, and turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? And so during Lent, um, we're going to be in with a Lenten lunch, and we just really want Lent to be a time where you say, what do I want? What do I need? What what is it that my life needs to be complete, or where am I stuck? What do, where do I need to grow? The question, what are you looking for, kept coming up over and over again. As a part of the scripture, we began to wonder, how do we figure that out in our lives? How do we come to an understanding of what we're looking for? And so we began to talk about um, this prayer practice called the examine. I was familiar with it in the past. I've used it in some of the um, Companions in Christ classes and other places during my time in, in the Methodist Church, but I'd really forgotten about what all it in, involved. So we began researching it, and in the next few weeks, the examine kept coming up everywhere. We were having our planning meeting for our Ireland pilgrimage that's coming up in May, and Robin Jennings was sitting there and asked me, Jenny, are you familiar with the examine prayer? And I went, are you kidding me? We've just been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. So um, 
we planned to do the exam with our Ireland group, and we did that that Sunday afternoon, which was an amazing experience for them. Um, it kept coming up in other places. I'll let Brandon tell you where he ran into it. Uh, yeah, the exam, when it came up, um, it just seemed like the perfect thing for, to answer that question, what are you looking for or what do you want? Because, you know, sometimes I find it hard to find Jesus and God's activity in my everyday life. I'm always looking for Jesus in the big things, but in the in the small everyday moments. So when we ran across this, I was like, this is this this is perfect. So I started practicing it. You know, I didn't want to ask anybody to do anything that I wasn't willing to do. I started practicing it, and over a couple of weeks, um, I noticed I was paying attention to it a little bit more. And then one day, I go on a college visit with my daughter. And we're looking around at colleges and and we're walking through the dorms of one of the dorms of this college and plastered on the wall is a big poster uh, for the exam. And and it it was just a great I was like, holy cow, took a picture of it, immediately texted it to several of the staff. Um, There was just this uh, it was so neat to be able to see that this is not a ancient prayer practice that has been lost. It is still active and vital in so many ways in so many places. I just love the simplicity of it, um, and and I'm seeing it more and more. What about you, Leanne? Well, I mean, if you know me at all, like I'm a total nerd, and when I got out of, um, you know, I grew up in the church. My dad was a United Methodist minister. I never missed a Sunday of church. I wasn't allowed, even in college. I taught Sunday school every Sunday while I was in college, um, I, and yet when I got to seminary and we started talking about things like prayer I I realized I only had one way to pray and that was pretty much like memorized prayers and so as a young pastor it was super hard to pray because I I wanted it to sound good and I'd maybe be at a hospital bed and have to talk to somebody and and pray for them and I didn't know what to say I was afraid it wouldn't sound good and I realized I, I really didn't know how to pray in I didn't know and I'm not sure how that happened exactly but um so I started learning about the early church fathers. I studied Ignatius and St. Ignatius. He's the one who came up with kind of this method of the exam and the prayer. And it was so simple. And suddenly I discovered this whole world of prayer that wasn't saying the right thing or using a formula that somebody else handed to me, but it was just like sitting in the presence of God and answering simple questions. You know, where have you seen me? How was your day? Where did you fail to be my love? And it changed my life. And so I've, I've then began doing contemplative prayer because of the examine, and I journal every day. Um, and then most recently, um, there was a, 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 my son actually was teaching Sunday schools in my last church. And my son was teaching Sunday school. And he said, and came, you know what? This one kid is really smart. And he was. He was just the most spiritual kid and deep. And he always asked those good questions. You kind of know those kids in your life. He's just had it all. And, um, and he said, I'd like to meet his mom. And so my son met his mom. And and he said, what'd you do? Like, what'd you do to make your son so spiritual? And she said, well, I don't, is he? And, you know, she was surprised. And she said, I'll tell you one thing we do. Every Sunday night as a family, we do the examine around our kitchen table. And you could tell this was a kid who paused weekly and just asked questions. Where was God? 
How am I participating in this? What do I need? And um, that may be a believer in the exam. And I start doing it with my own children and my grandkids. And I just, I love it as a prayer form. The thing that makes me the most excited about this whole thing, about using the exam, and too, is that it's all ages. I mean, a three-year-old, a four-year-old can do the exam. And so I like that it's something that's easily accessible to a child, but also just as deepening for somebody who's 100 years old. So um, I just love that it, it just breaks all those age barriers. It's just so simple. And that's what's going to be so beautiful about our Lenten lunch. It is a lunch that is designed for all ages, for our entire church. Uh, we'll be gathering together to um, celebrate the beginning of Lent. It's going to be on March the 1st, right after worship service in the Fellowship Hall. We hope you'll uh, get online and, and sign up and plan to be there. We'll have a, a lunch followed by a time of learning about prayer, but also a really fun project. We're going to be making prayer beads. And there are a variety of different ones, from the little babies having prayer beads that they can teeth on to adults making their own prayer beads. Um, you know, we lost some of this in the Protestant church where we don't have prayer beads and in a normal everyday um, use. But we've decided that there, there's such a great use for something tangible, tactile, that you can touch while you're praying. And so we'll have five beads that will go along with the five parts of the examine, and we'll go through that together um, at the lunch and then give you some tools to take them home and be able to do it at home. Whether you're single or whether you're a family, you'll be having um, times together that you can share that prayer together. So there's a very simple version of it that families can do if you have very young children, and then there's a more complicated, um, I mean, it isn't, none of it is very complicated, but there's a, a, um, a more extensive method that you can use too. We're going to teach all that at the lunch, so just come. Um, for those of you, though, who get nervous about prayer beads, um, I just want to say that um, John Wesley actually prayed with prayer beads. When I went to England, I got to see his little prayer beads that he carried in his pocket. He's from the Anglican tradition, and they use prayer beads. And so for those of you who are United Methodist and are thinking, ooh, can I use prayer beads? Well, John Wesley did, so um, I think you're okay. And uh, Lent begins uh, February 26th with our Ash Wednesday service, and we are uh, re-envisioning how we're going to do the Ash Wednesday service and pattern it after the exam. And so if you want to come and experience um, maybe a fuller form of the exam and as, a part of a, as a part of our Ash Wednesday service, I think it would be a great way to immerse yourself into it too. Obviously, we're excited about this. We love the exam, and, um, and we think that Lent is, if you participate, that could really be a deep and profoundly um, a profound experience for you. We're really excited about it, and we're excited to share this with you. We've been praying the exam as a staff. We've asked the leaders of our church to join us, and so there are some people who have, you know, kind of paved the way for you, and we just hope that you'll, uh, we believe it's valuable, so just jump on in. We are inviting you to go on this journey with us. Come and see. Come and see. And if it's something that is intriguing or something that you're not sure about, we just want you to come and see. And, you know, we're so excited about the exam and that you will experience it at the Ash Wednesday service if, if you choose to come. You can come to the Lenten lunch. We're going to have beads available after the Lenten lunch, and we'll have a, a podcast for you um, that will help you to understand what the exam is and give you the steps of the exam. So um, just Come and see, and uh, whether it's through the podcast or the lunch or whatever, try it. Just try it and see what uh, what you discover. I suppose we're at the same place that the disciples were um, when they said to John, "What? Who is that?" And Jesus said, "You know, come and see. Just come and see." For the first couple of months of the year. 
we started with that first part of the of this scripture from first john where we're talking about uh look here is the lamb of god and so in the during lent we're going to roll out and and dig into that second part what are you looking for what do you what do you um need what else are we going to be doing during that time of what are you looking for during lent aren't we going to be looking at some of those deeper conversations that jesus had with um different people in the bible Yeah, I think our worship series, uh, the scriptures that are going to be used are people who came seeking something and found in Jesus an answer, a relationship. And so that's going to be part of it. Uh, The children um, will be participating in a a really special time. We've taken a Sunday school classroom and we've made it into um, tangible prayer stations. So it is come and see. There are uh, sand trays that you can sort through and find a cross or a symbol of Easter. There are things that you can do tangibly. And the whole church is invited to do that. It's going to be open every Sunday morning, Wednesdays, and actually throughout the week you can come and, and play in that. And of course we'll have the Stations of the Cross, which is a come and see experience. We'll have the Labyrinth. So there are just so many um, opportunities during Lent. And of course, all of that will be presented to you. Just watch your social media, look for your mailings, check your e-news, all those things, because we really want you to do as much as you can do during Lent just to experience Christ and spend time with Christ. Yeah, so going back to the scripture, you know, we're talking now about the scripture and how it kind of just unfolds for us perfectly to help people move deeper in their relationship with Jesus. You know, it first begins with someone helping us to see Jesus as the Lamb of God and and uh, wrestling with who this guy is that has such authority, that has such a voice that is divine, that is the Savior and the Lord. You know, we begin with that, and then we got to look at ourselves and, okay, what is it we're looking for, and is this guy, Jesus, the answer to it? And then Jesus asked the question in that third part, come and see. Um, so this is the part of our uh, theme or our approach for 2016 or 2020 that uh, we're asking people to, um, to stretch, um, to push themselves, to challenge themselves in their relationship with Jesus, um, coming after uh, Easter, um, how does how does that um, excite you guys? The thing that excites me in the third part of the scripture, which will be the time after Easter, is Jesus doesn't just say "come and see." Jesus says, "Come and you will see," and His confidence. If you spend time with me, I will be there. He says that over and over in scripture, and I just love that you will see he's confident. Um, I love Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and one of the things that Dietrich Bonhoeffer often wrote about was this idea that we wait for a burning bush, you know, like I'm going to wait till I know who God is, and then I'm going to show up. If God would just be a burning bush, or if God would be a, I'm going to have a miracle, and then I'm going to believe in God. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer always challenged people in his writings and said, you know, what would happen if you just showed up? Why don't you start praying and see if God shows up? Why don't you start journaling and see if God shows up? And Dietrich Bonhoeffer um, said, God will be there. It's if you make space. You know, I think one of the most beautiful scriptures, which we're actually going to use with our prayer beads, is, is be still and know that I am God. And I guess what we're inviting you to do is to be still. And then Jesus says, if you come to me, you will see. And so once we see Christ, then um, then it's like, what are you calling me to do? It just it'll open up a whole new world. We're hoping for everybody, for all of us, where we can then go out and serve. And the last part of the scripture says, and so they went. And, um, you know, I wonder what will happen if we take this time to just unplug, be with Christ, get to know Christ, 
Christ will show up and we'll be inspired. So that's what excites me is that this is an opportunity for us to let go of expectations, let go of where we think we're going, where we ought to go, all the shoulds, oughts, all that gone. If we spend time with Jesus, what would we discover that Christ is asking us to do next? In addition to that, I think I'm excited about uh, looking back at the scripture when Jesus asked the disciples, what are you looking for? They ask a very odd question. Where are you staying? Sometimes I think we want the easy answer. You know, it'd be like saying, are you staying at the Holiday Inn? Are you staying at the Ramada? Where are you staying? You want a quick, easy answer. Just know where are you staying? And we limit we limit Christ in that because, you know, Jesus doesn't stay still. And Jesus is moving. And he invites us to come and see. And that means we have to walk with him. We don't just, you know, decide to stay one little place. We have to walk with him. And that's really what our lives are about. We're walking. We're moving. We're not staying still. And so Jesus invites us to that journey. So I'm very excited about that. So I hope um, this excitement uh, that uh, Jenny and Leanne and I um, is spilling over uh, in in your listening. Uh, We're really excited about this and the possibilities of it. But we're also excited that it's not in a box. Uh, it's going to touch everybody in a different way. It's going to uh, challenge people in a different way. It's going to create stories that we just can't wait to hear. Uh, one of the things I, another one of the things I really love about the scripture is we don't know the names of those disciples that uh, were walking with John and left John. And I'm, I, I kind of think that was intentional by not naming those disciples. John was including all of us and any of us. Uh, It's not just two particular disciples or three particular disciples. It's all of us who are just seeking for the meaning of what our lives are like and and also help for the challenges and the questions that we're facing in an uncertain time. And so I'm just excited to be able to offer this invitation to all of us who are seeking Jesus uh, to just come and see and just see what Jesus will do. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate your listening in and stay tuned for the next podcast where you'll learn more about the examine.